Get somebody next to you, high five, and say, God is good. Go ahead and tell them right now, God is good. Go ahead. He's here. He's alive. He's real. <laughs> well, good morning, church. Thanks so much for being here this morning. If I haven't met you, my name is Mitchell, and I'm the lead pastor here at Antioch, and I'm excited for this morning, and just love worshiping together. That was powerful, just in case you didn't feel it. That was just God's presence is here, and he loves to dwell with his people, and especially the people that are hungry for him, and he just loves to meet with us. So thanks, worship team, for leading us in the presence of God. So powerful every time. All right, well, hey, uh, before I jump into the message, I've got a little update and testimony for you. So how many guys were here last Sunday, so a week ago? Raise your hand if you were here. Raise it up, raise it up, raise it up. Okay, great, great, great. So we had um, our one and only Giving Sunday is what we called it. Uh, many of you guys know that we've only got two more weeks left in the Holiday Inn, so today and next Sunday. Two more weeks, and then on February 20th, we're going to be in our new church building, which is super exciting. Uh, there's some remodeling that we have been doing to prepare, and we were raising some funds to help cover those costs. And we had a goal of $50,000 one time. And I'm going to give you the update on how much came in. You ready? You excited? All right, I'm going to give you two numbers, so get ready. Then you can rejoice at the last one. Ready? So what has already been given, it's like actually coming to the church's account, is 39500 and something. Sorry, right, I should give you the real number. It's on my text message here from Jeremy. All right, 30, no, $39,124.22. Praise God. Thank you guys for being so generous. But in addition to that, there's still some gifts that have been uh, verbally committed that are coming in this week, and that's an additional $15,000, which puts us at a total of $54,124.22. Woohoo! Yeah! Let's go, church! Yes! You guys are awesome! Thank you so much for being generous and giving. And so by the end of this week, we'll surpass our goal. Just so awesome. I'm, I'm just so appreciative and thankful to be a part of a generous church. So thank you guys so much for giving. And things have been going uh, quickly at the church building. And we are um, continuing to push go. Uh, but why don't we do this? Let's pray for a continual grace and supernatural speed and getting it all finished in two weeks. Because I will say, we've been moving quickly. But two weeks is actually pretty close, and there's a lot to do. So uh, let's pray right now, and just out loud together, five seconds. Just ask the Lord that we would finish everything that we need to finish at the church building before the 20th. Ready? Go. Pray. Larry, why don't you come close? Come close it out. Larry's going to close it out for us. Jesus, we say thank you for this church building. We ask that everything would go super smoothly and super quickly uh, as we finish it out. We ask for grace um, with any contractors that we have in and out of there within the next two weeks. And we ask for grace with the city permitting and inspection office. And we ask that it would all go so smoothly. Would your hand be on it, Jesus, in your name. Amen. 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 Thanks, guys, for praying. We're excited to be there. It's going to be so good. All right, well, hey, we're going to jump into a new series uh, today, a little five-week series. I told you about this last week, but here's the title, Alone with God. Everybody say, Alone with God. Alone with God. So what do I mean by alone with God? I mean our one-on-one -on -one time with Him, us pursuing Him, us having a devotional life. There's a lot of different words you can call it. Probably the most consistent thing that we'll call this will be time with Jesus if you want to abbreviate that in a text message, TWJ. So if I text that to you, I mean, how's your time with Jesus going? 
All right, so we're talking about being alone with God. And our hopes throughout this series, one, is to stir a fresh hunger and desire in us to want to spend alone time with God. But then two, we want to model what time with Jesus or being alone with God, what that could look like, and give you guys some tools that you can use to strengthen your time with him. And then we have a goal, all right, a really clear, measurable goal. So we've got five weeks in the series. So we're starting today, February 6th. We're going to go all the way to March 6th. And in those five weeks, here's our unapologetic goal. We want everybody in our church, go ahead and look around. Everybody means you and me and the person next to you. Everybody in our church to be spending daily time alone with God every single day. That's our goal. So that that would be normal for us. Not just something that the extra spiritual do when they're feeling really spiritual. Not just what the pastoral staff does, but every one of us, because we are children of the Most High God, He has invited us into His presence. I would love for it to be normal in this church that not only do you come and hear the Word of God and worship in settings like this, but every day you are connecting with Him personally. That's our goal. That's our hope for us. And throughout this series, no matter where you are in that journey, our, my hope is that we can help you, we can strengthen those times, we can help it be more consistent, and we can do whatever we can to support this pursuit, this hunger inside of your heart for more of God, being alone with him. So kind of here's the breakdown of the next few weeks. So this morning is kind of an overview, an intro, and then next week, here's what we're going to do. I'm actually going to model what a time with Jesus can look like. I'm literally going to be on stage, and I'm going to invite you into my living room and maybe have a table and coffee, and I'm going to show you what my time with God sometimes or majority of the time looks like, all right? I'm going to model it for you. You're not just going to watch, but I want you to come prepared to engage as well. So bring a Bible, like a hard copy Bible. Bring a journal. Bring a pen. We're going to do a little time with Jesus together next week. You got it? Okay, the week after that is our first Sunday in the new church building, so February 20th, so we're going to celebrate that, but also we're going to hear some really cool and powerful testimonies of some people's lives in our church that have been radically transformed by God, and we're going to connect those dots about how does alone time with God play into our personal transformation, so you're going to be encouraged and stirred by that. Then the two weeks after that, you're going to get to hear from Madeline Jones. She's going to give you guys some tools on what you can do in your time with God as well, some additional things other than the things I'll go over tomorrow or next Sunday. And then you're going to wrap it up hearing from Jeremy. He's going to preach on how do, you, how do you make it for the long haul, a normal part of your life, not just kind of a one-time wondrous time, but like how do you keep continuing to be faithful and getting alone with Jesus. All right? You guys excited for this series? I'm pumped. Here's my goal this morning. Okay, here's my Cool. I'm going to give you a lot. I'm going to give you a big overview. I'm going to talk about why do we spend time with God, other people in the Bible that did it, and all these different tools and tips. But here is my number one desire. I want to stir a burning desire in your heart for God. I want to see the Lord stir a passion and a longing and a deep desire that's a supernatural gift from the Holy Spirit. I want to see him stir that in your heart. Everybody say stir hunger. I want to see some hunger Stuart, I want the Lord to make us so hungry for him, so desperate to be with him that we can't help but get alone with God. Now, as I say that, here's the deal. I, I can't give that to you. I can't give that to you. But what I want is this feeling in your heart and mine, because I was preparing for this, praying about this this week and this morning. I'm like, Lord, this is for me. I want this. So I'm going to go I'm going to go here in what I'm preparing this morning, and I invite you to come with me. But I want us all before the Lord saying, God, make me hungry again for you. There are so many things that I could chase after. There are so many things that I can desire, and they're not bad. But God, I want to want you more than I want anything else. Be my number one desire. Be my hunger. And if you say that to God, he's going to be faithful, and he's going to answer you. 
He's going to put a fire in your spirit and your heart. Here's what I want is the psalm, these, these things that the psalmist said in Psalm 73 and 132, I want these to be true of us. Here's Psalm 73, 25. Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. Psalm 132, this is David here. He makes a vow before the Lord. He says, I will not enter my house or get into my bed. I will not give sleep to my eyes or slumber to my eyelids until what? I find a place for the Lord, a dwelling place for the mighty one of Jacob. Guys, I want us hungry again. There are some of you in this room, you've been following the Lord for decades. There's some of us, it's been just a few months or a few years and somewhere in between for everybody else. But man, I want the Lord to make us hungry again. If you're feeling a little bit dry, if you're feeling a little bit dull, a little bit bored, I'll tell you something. It's not God's fault. He's not boring. <laughs> He's not dull. He's glorious. He's beautiful. Right now, he's surrounded by thousands of angels and seraphim shouting, holy, 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 and they're not bored. They're not dull. They're really excited, and they keep doing it over and over again. And so I want the Lord to give us revelation of how amazing he is, and that that would draw us in to want to connect with him. Now, here's what I want is not a a shame or a condemnation with whether or not you get alone time with God. And I also don't want this. Man, I really should spend alone time with God. We don't want shoulds, okay? So we're going to get rid of the shoulds. Everybody say, I don't do shoulds. (laughs) It's funny to say. We want hunger, okay? When we're hungry in the natural, no one needs to convince us to eat. My family knows when my wife is hungry. My sweet kind little wife when she's hungry we know and she goes and gets food we don't need to tell her to go get some food all right we don't have to be convinced to do something we already want to do and so this morning as i start unpacking this series oh man my prayer is lord make us hungry make us hungry so let's pray for that so lord here we are we open our hearts to you right now and lord we're asking for something so much bigger and more real, more powerful than hype, than anything I could try to talk up, Lord. I'm asking for a supernatural work of your spirit. Lord, burn in us again with hunger and fire and desire for more of you. You are better than anything this world could offer, Lord. Stir hunger and desire in us afresh and anew. Come and fall on us, Holy Spirit, and draw us close to you, Lord. You are the one we were made for. And we will live alive when we are consistently connecting alone with you. So, Lord, stir that up in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Okay, I'm going to start with a little bit of an overview like I mentioned. But here's a slide that gives you kind of three main things you got to know before I get, get talking about spending time with God. Here's a slide. There's three things here, things you got to know about getting time with the Lord. One, it's a glorious privilege. Two, we should not have this privilege. And then three, God desires to be with us. You can keep that up there. So let me talk about this. This is a glorious privilege, guys. The God that spoke the world and the universe into existence with one word, who is mighty and glorious and dwelling in unapproachable light, who is surrounded by angels shouting holy, who's holding the whole world in his hands and literally the breath that you're breathing right now, That God allows you and I to come and talk with him, to interact with him, to spend time with him. Isn't that amazing? 
that's, that should not be the case, but a glorious God, the one who spoke the world into existence, allows us to come near and come close to him. It's crazy. But we should not actually have this privilege. Ephesians 2 really unpacks the gospel, and here's a couple things that it says that we need to know because it'll help us be so thankful that we have this privilege. Ephesians 2.12 says this, Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenant of promise, having, watch this, no hope and without God in the world. This is speaking of our state before any of us gave our life to Jesus. We were apart from God. We were separated, alienated. All the promises that God gave the Israelite people, we had no inheritance in because we didn't, we were not a part of that flock. We were not a part of the sheep. We were without hope and without God. But look at the next verse, verse 13. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off, oh, this is so good, guys, we were brought near by the blood of Christ. Because of your faith in Jesus and his finished work on the cross and his resurrection, we are brought near and are able now to interact with God. Isn't that an amazing privilege? So thankful we have it. Here's the last thing that I want to share as I kind of open this is God desires to be with us. It's not just a one way, like, I got I to gotta work so hard to, like, desire God. No, 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 hold on. First, we need to believe that God desires us. And listen, this is crucial. This is essential if you want to have a consistent life in relationship and being alone with God. God wants to be with you. He delights in you. He loves to interact with you in fellowship with you. He is a father, and he loves his children. Listen, I'm a dad. I've got four children. Sometimes it feels like 20, but I've got four, okay? I, and I'm an imperfect dad, and unfortunately, I'm sorry, guys, I'm also your pastor, I am grumpy sometimes. But yet, still, most of the time, I really enjoy interacting with my children. I love them. I love when they run to me and give me hugs. I love it. Okay, I love, my favorite part of almost every day is when I walk into the house, and I, my children run to me and give me a hug and say, Daddy. And I'm like, I'm there too. I'm anticipating. I want it. I want to, like, embrace them. I'm not holding them at a distance. But how much more does our perfect heavenly father, who is never grumpy, <laughs> how much more does he delight to interact with us as his children? But here's the deal. you got to fight to believe that sometimes. you got to fight to believe that. There's a lot of other lies that will tell you otherwise. There's lies that God's too busy for you. Maybe, maybe he's not too busy for, you know, Madeline. Maybe he's not too busy for Tori. Maybe he's not too busy for Victor, okay? But maybe he's too busy for me. It's a lie. Or maybe this underlying lie that he's annoyed with you, that we're not good enough, that he's disappointed, that we've got to clean ourselves up, that his facial expression toward you when he looks at you is not one of joy, but just kind of like, mm, you know, just giving you a grouchy look. Listen, we have to fight against those lies by the power of the Holy Spirit, because th that's not true, and what that's going to do over time is it's not going to cause you to draw near to him. <laughs> but if you, if you believe he's looking at you with grace, with mercy, with love, with compassion, with delight, he created you, he knows every detail about your life, and he loves you, he thinks you're amazing, thinks you're beautiful. And when you come to him and say, Daddy or Father, God, he's, he's like, yes, he's ready to embrace you. Look at this prayer from Jesus in John 17. Jesus, the perfect representation of the Father. He says this, this prayer. He says, Father, I desire, that word desire 
and the Greek means I will it. I, I am purposed. I am determined. I am not going to settle for anything less than this. Ready? I desire that they also whom you have given me may be with me where I am. Just pause there for a second. This is it's one of the last prayers recorded from Jesus before his crucifixion, and here's what he's saying. Lord, I want those people, those followers of mine, those children of you, I want them to be with me where I am, to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. I'll give three whole sermons on just that verse alone, but I just want you to think about that, that Jesus is saying, Father, I desire this. Even that last part, because you love me. There is a connection between the love the Father has for Jesus, where Jesus is reminding the Father, because you love me, will you give me this desire of mine? Because you love me, can I please have this? And of course, the Father's answer is yes. They're going to be with you where you are. Yes, in eternity, we're going to be able to see him, but it starts now. Our eternal life with God starts now. He wants to be with us. Amen? It's encouraging stuff. Now, let me give you a couple other reasons why I think it's a great idea to spend alone time with God. Here's five of them. One, Jesus did. He spent alone time with God, so that's a great, he's a great uh, one to follow. Another reason is the Word of God tells us to spend time with Him or get alone with Him. So many scriptures about seeking God, pursuing Him, praying in the secret, in a private place, meditating on His Word. Another reason, third reason, is really our greatest privilege and destiny in this life is to know God. Look what John 17, 3 says. It says, this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. And here's the deal about knowing God or really knowing anyone. We really can't get to know someone unless we spend time with them consistently over and over and over and over again. That's how we get to know someone. Fourth reason why it's a good idea to get along with God is because he's amazing. <laughs> he's so good. Think of your favorite person to hang out with, excluding yourself, of course. You know, think of your favorite person to hang out with, <laughs> the one that brings you most joy, that makes you laugh so much that you just like being around. God is a million times better than that person. He's so encouraging, he's so loving, and he's so amazing. When we get time with him, it's just so worth it. And then fifth reason why is because great men and women of faith have been doing it for generations. They've been getting along with God. Here's a slide that gives you some biblical examples of people in the word of God that have been getting alone with God. Here you go. Here's a few. One is Adam. Now, I kind of cheated there, okay? <laughs> Chapter one, it's just him and God anyways, all right? <laughs> okay, but Abraham, I think of, I think of you know, that, that time where he's alone with God at night, looking up to the stars, having this conversation with the Lord. The Lord has given us powerful promise. I think of Moses, the burning bush, bush example where he's alone with God having this encounter. I also think of him on the mountain having this face-to-face dialogue with the Lord. I think of David, you know, he on the, on the hillsides with all the sheep, just him developing this intimate relationship with the Lord. And think about his journey. It's like he goes from shepherd boy on the side of the hill with, hanging out with a bunch of sheep and no one knows him to literally the king over all of Israel and the, one of the greatest kings ever to live. And think about his journey and look at this prayer in Psalm 27, 4. Like, he had everything. I mean, he got to experience lots of different things in life. But look at this in Psalm 27, 4. This is what he says. David, he says, One thing have I asked of the Lord, that will I seek after, 
that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. He had a lot of things at his fingertips, but this is the one thing he realized was so much more worthy than anything else, was to gaze on the beauty of the Lord. A couple more, Elijah. You think of the time where he heard that still, small voice from the Lord. And, of course, Jesus, all caps, Jesus. He got alone with the Father. The disciples did as well. This is normal part for them. Look at what it says in Mark 1 about Jesus. It says, in rising very early in the morning while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. Desolate means like a lonely place where there was no other noise. There was no other distraction. He left his phone with the disciples, and he just said, I'm getting alone with God. I'm getting alone with my Father. And listen, if the Son of God who walked the earth needed alone time with his Father to recenter, to refocus, and get to know the Lord more, I don't even know, understand how this works, but if Jesus did it, we need to as well. Desolate, undistracted, focused time alone with the Lord. And the disciples, you know, as you read throughout the book of Acts and really the, the, uh, the Gospels, it's a little bit different because Jesus is literally walking on the earth with them. But I think of in the book of Acts, these moments where so many of these disciples have these really powerful encounters with the Lord where he, he speaks to them. I think of Peter getting this amazing vision about bringing the Gentiles in to the kingdom of God. He's having an alone time with the Lord, a prayer time on his roof, okay? Uh, I think of Ananias who goes and ends up preaching the gospel and baptizing Saul, uh, Saul who had later turned into Paul. He was having this alone prayer time with God when the Lord spoke to him and said, go and find Paul. But after, <laughs> here's, here's a crazy verse about the disciples, and I would love for this accusation to be true of us. Because this, what you're about, I'm about to read is an accusation from the religious leaders about the early disciples. Here's what it says. Acts 4.13. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astonished. But here's why. They, and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. Isn't that great? I would love for that to be an accusation against me. You're not that impressive, man. <laughs> you're not that smart. You're not the, you don't have all these accolades, but wow, there's something different about you. It's the presence of Jesus that's just flowing out of your life because you've been with him. Because you've, just, you've, you've stared and you've gazed at his beauty, and now he's radiating off of you. That would be awesome. I would love for that to be true for every single one of us. Now, I'm talking a lot about being alone with God, but here's a good question. What do you do when you are alone with God? Now, really, there's not one right way. There's so many things you can do when you're alone with God. The point is connection. The point is relationship. The point is that you are really connecting with the real living God. Okay, but let me give you four things that uh, we're actually going to practice next week. We're going to do these things together. Of Here's some things you can do during a time alone with God. All right, you ready? You can take a picture of this, but it should be pretty simple. One, we can worship. Two, getting in the word of God. Three, prayer. And four, listening. And don't forget, another reminder, bring a Bible and a uh, journal and a pen next week, all right, because we're going to practice some of this stuff, all right? So with worship, it means just focusing your attention on him and giving him thanks. Uh, it's literally just thinking about who he is and, God, you're holy. God, you're amazing. God, you're perfect. God, you're trustworthy. It's thinking about his character. It's singing to him. Okay, let's talk about the word of God. Now, here, here's what I want to say about this is you know, the point is connection. The point is, is really feeling like you're interacting with the living God. But <laughs> what you want to make sure you're doing 
is interacting with the God of the Bible. <laughs> what you really want to make sure you're doing is you're interacting with the Jesus of the Bible. Not just our idea of Jesus, but what does the Word of God say about him, and I'm interacting with that man. You guys track with me here? Because we're, we're not chasing feelings. We're not chasing good ideas. We're chasing the real, true God. Jesus said on the way, the truth, and the life. And so if you're trying to get along with God, you need to make sure you have the Bible there too. The Word of God, the written Word of God has revealed himself to us. And you guys know some scriptures about the Word of God. You know, Hebrews 4.12 says the Word of God is living and active and sharper than what? Double-edged sword. Yeah, you know that verse. All right. Psalm uh, 119, 105. The Word is a lamp to my feet and a uh, to my path. You know that? You some of you grew up in church? Okay. But look at this. Look at this. Luke 24, 32, this is after Jesus resurrected. There's two disciples that are walking on this road with him. Jesus hadn't revealed himself yet, but at this point, he finally does. Uh, he, like, had communion pretty much with them, and then it says, literally, these disciples' eyes were open. I'm like, it's Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, and then it says he vanished. That's hilarious. <laughs> he literally just disappeared. Luke 24, okay, read it later. But here's what their conclusion was after he vanished, and they realized it was Jesus. It says, they said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? And I would encourage you to make that your prayer. Lord, when I read your word, let my heart burn within me. <laughs> Jesus, help me understand. Open up the scriptures and let my heart burn with desire, with love, with passion, with affection for you, Lord. A couple more comments on what we can do along with God. Prayer, obviously, is you know, listing out who are the people that you need to be consistently praying for. What are the prayers that you want to pray for yourself as well? Not just your personal needs. God, help me with this, help me with this. But Lord, make me the man of God that you desire me to be. I want to be one that loves you with all of my heart, soul, mind, and strength. So praying and then listening is when we just quiet our souls, we quiet our minds, we stop talking, and we say, Lord, is there anything that you want to speak back to me? Oftentimes when I do that, I don't hear anything audibly, but I have either a sense of peace or there's a little phrase that comes to my mind or a scripture that comes to my mind that is really encouraging. Almost every time I do this, you know what I feel like the Lord says to me? I love you. Every time. <laughs> and I'm kind of sometimes like, okay, anything else, <laughs> Lord? <laughs> but then I think what he's teaching me is, no, I need to hear him tell me he loves me every day. Over and over and over and over and over again. But then he tells me a few other things sometimes, too, like he's with me. All right, here's how I'm going to close out uh, this morning. So we talked about, you know, just wanting to have a fire and a hunger and a desire. Talked about why get alone with God, some examples of people in Scripture, what can we do getting alone with him. But now I'm going to close it out by talking about, like, what happens in our life when we consistently get alone with God. Like, what are the results of getting alone with God, okay? So there's a slide up here, and there's three things I really want you guys to hear. Make sure you get all three. Don't miss a single one. You ready? Here's the results of getting alone with God. Number one, fruit. Everybody say fruit. Number two, fruit. Number three, fruit. Yes. Do not miss a single one of those. Here's the results of getting alone with God on a consistent basis. Fruit, fruit, fruit. Now, there's a reason why I have three up there, because I'm going to talk about three areas of fruit in our life. But this is taken from John 15, 4 and 5. This is the words of Jesus. Listen closely to what he says about fruit. He says, Abide in me, and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you, unless you abide in me. 
I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. Everybody say much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. How many of you guys want to bear much fruit in your life? Good fruit. Yes. Great. About 30% of you. Awesome. Lord, would you increase this by the end of the service, Lord? How many guys want to bear good fruit in your life? A lot of fruit. <laughs> me too. Now, a lot of times, really early on in my walk with God, I was thinking, okay, I want to bear good fruit. I want to be a good Christian. However phrasing that comes about, though I don't like that phrase. I used to say it too. But I was like, Lord, I want to, I want to bear a lot of fruit. And what I did in the early stages is I kind of, I, I chased after the wrong thing. I focused on the fruit. What fruit am I producing? What fruit am I producing? Am I producing the right fruit? But do you notice that's not what Jesus says here? He says, it's a, it's a promise. You will bear much fruit if, what? You abide. You abide in Jesus. That means, like, stay connected with him, close to him. Undistract, just, I'm connected, I'm abiding, I'm remaining. All those words are interchangeable there that you can use. I'm abiding in Jesus. And when we make that our focus, the Lord promises to produce much fruit in our life. It's a pretty amazing promise. So here's three areas of fruit. That first one is fruit really for yourself or fruit in your own personal life. Think fruit of the Spirit. If you consistently connect with Jesus, my uh, hope and I think a, a promise from the Lord is that you're going to continue to grow in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You're going to continue to grow in those things personally. And guys, it matters. It matters that we grow in the fruit of the Spirit. It matters that you're not a jerk. <laughs> okay, it matters to the people that are close to you. It matters that we're growing in these things. Okay, it's where also personal breakthrough comes, comes into our life, is when we are consistently talking to God about our struggles, no matter how ugly it feels at first, when we get alone with God and say, Lord, I need breakthrough. God, I need help. God, would you deliver me? He answers. Instead of just hoping that somebody else does it for us, we go to the deliverer <laughs> and we say, Lord, deliver me. And for me, it's a huge testimony. You know, before following Jesus, I was totally just trapped in the sin of just lust and impurity and every form of it. And I started following Jesus and started realizing I can't do both. I can't stay in this life of secret sin, of impurity and lust, and really keep going far in my walk with Jesus. He will always love me, but it's going to be a hindrance. You know, that Hebrews 12, throw off the sin that entangles us, that weighs us down. And so I started talking to Jesus about it, and I, I had these moments with God, Lord, send breakthrough. And guess what? He did. Not the first time I asked, but oh, this kept coming, kept coming, and, kept, and he broke those chains over my life. So thankful. It's been over a decade since I've given in to that temptation, those sins. Of course, I've been tempted, but man, it came from talking to God, being real with him, and he sent breakthrough. So fruit happens when we stay connected and are alone with God. We find our security in him. We find humility. We find purity. We find confidence in that place alone with God. Now, not only fruit in yourself, but also fruit in the relationships of people that are close to you, okay? Fruit in others. Thank your family, your roommates, thank coworkers, thank church members. If you get alone with God, you're going to produce good fruit that's going to help you have healthy relationships with those around you. Okay, for me, I think of my marriage with Beth. There's so many times where there's something, some sort of strife, some sort of division, some sort of conflict, some sort of offense or something, 
where what has spared us and saved us and helped us move on in health is we got alone with God for a few minutes. And I usually start with, God, I can't believe Beth did this, you know. <laughs> and after I say that, you know, by now it's a joke because I know what God's going to tell me. He's going to remind me what I did wrong. Okay? And I find conviction and I find humility and I find the grace to forgive. And, I, you know, and we come back together and there's restoration to those conflicts. But it's because we have this place of refuge and breakthrough and help being alone with the Lord. If I ran to you and called you and told you all these things, listen, my marriage would not be healthy. But if I run to God, my hiding place, my refuge, the one who sees everything, <laughs> like I find breakthrough. And it affects my closest relationship. And so this is, this is a, our place of health and good fruit in the relationships around us, is that alone time with God. All right, last but not least, all caps fruit. <laughs> Here's what I, another area is those that don't know Jesus yet, People getting drawn to Jesus because we're getting alone time with him. And that could look like as simple as like you're getting alone with God. You're getting filled up by the Holy Spirit in the place of prayer and worship. And then you just have a greater sense of boldness to share your faith. That's happened to me so many times. And it's absolutely biblical. Acts uh, 4 talks about this as well. This prayer meeting the believers had. And then it says right afterwards they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and boldness. And they spoke the word of God to people. So, so many times we gather together, we worship, we pray, and we have this sense of, i got to tell somebody about Jesus. doesn't happen every time, but that is amazing. That is supernatural. But not just boldness to share the faith, but like in a, a grace over us or a presence over us that draws people to us that makes them ask questions, okay? How many of you guys have had a coworker ask you a question about God, and you didn't like just say, hey, you want to know about Jesus? Anybody ever had a question like that come up? Raise your hand. Okay, people, it's okay. <laughs> Great, it's encouraging. It's amazing. I had a, uh, a worker at Star there's a Starbucks down the street that I spent a lot of time at, and I like to sit at this big table on one end with nobody else around and, uh, but <laughs> so, so that I could focus better. But there was this worker that over like several weeks in a row kept coming and sitting at the other end of the table but just kind of staring at me. Uh, <laughs> and after a while, started, he starts asking me some questions. You know, what you, what you reading over there? <laughs> I was like, uh, the Bible? And <laughs> he's like, What's the proverb of the day, man? <laughs> you know, literally, just joking around with me. I'm like, this is hilarious. Um, but I, I um, in, he is not, he's not a follower of Jesus. He's got a lot of hurt and pain. He's got a lot of confusion with gender identity stuff. So he's not like the people that I'm usually around. But he kept talking to me. And so one day, I said, hey, man, just a question. What made you, like, start talking with me every time I came in here? And he, the first thing he said was, you know, I like you know, taking care of our customers and getting to know our customers, which I'm in there all the time. He doesn't talk to any other customer but me, okay? <laughs> I'm like, dude, no, you don't. I see you. <laughs> Anyways, um, and I asked him a few more questions, and he's like, I don't know. You just, you know, you seem like a nice guy. And then there was that one time, it was, this was like probably a month prior or two months prior, that one time you like helped me carry that stuff to my car because I had too much in my hands. And I was like, wow, that's cool. So, and then he wants to talk to me more. <laughs> He sees me reading my Bible every single time I'm in there. And so there's this sense in him that he's just drawing, he's just drawn for more. That's not a testimony about me. It's just like there is a curiosity and there is a hunger in every human heart to know why we're made and know why we're created. And the answer is God. It is, it is found in Jesus alone. And so when you are just living your life loving Jesus and doing it in public, people are going to be drawn to you. When you look somebody in the eyes and ask, how are you doing? You know, that's not common for most people that work at cash registers. It's like, give me my stuff and get out of here. You know, but if you literally just look at them in the eyes and say, hey, how are you doing? Or, 
how can I pray for you today? It just throws people off, but in a good way. And people are drawn. So, again, how many of you guys want good fruit in your life? Me too. Me too. All right, the band's going to go ahead and come on up. Here's how I want to just summarize this morning, and then I'll tell you about kind of what I'm feeling for the response time. Okay, it's going to look a little bit different. 11-18. Great. Awesome. Awesome. We'll be here till 2. Just kidding. <laughs> All right, some of you are like, yeah, that's what I grew up in. Five-hour services. Let's go. <laughs> Sorry. No, I'm not going to do that. Um, okay, so in summary, it is a privilege that we get to be alone with God. I would love for us to have a thankfulness in our heart that we, even, that we can even talk about this. Okay, literally in the Old Testament, it used to be one person once a year going through a bunch of rituals, getting blood on their earlobes <laughs> to go into the holy place to have what we all have by literally one second of you closing your eyes and saying, Jesus, that's amazing privilege. It's amazing privilege. We were made also to get to know him. This is like your destiny is get to know God. And this is where all good fruit starts in our life. It flows out of our connection with, our abiding, our getting alone with God. But like I said, I want to close out this morning with really that place of stirring hunger, stirring passion, stirring fire, stirring desire. Because I, I would hate for you guys to kind of walk through this series together and just, I should do this. This is a good for me. I should do this. No, like I want the Lord to give you something that I can't give you. And that is a passion and a fire and a hunger for more of him. If the Lord gives you that, you're going to get along with him. <laughs> but before we start praying over folks, because here's what I really want, is if you have that desire in you, at least you're saying, I want to want that. <laughs> I want to be hungry. I want to have a fire burning in me for more of God. I want him to be my number one passion and desire. And what we're going to do in just a minute is we're going to just open up the front. We'd love for anybody that wants that to come down and get on your knees or just stand right there. And we're going to have some of our staff and some of our life group leaders just come, put a hand on you, and just pray simple five, ten-second prayers just for the Lord to touch you with a fresh hunger and a fresh fire in your spirit. But before that setting, um, I want to get very practical. And here's what I want you to do. Pull out your phone or your journal, something that you can write something down on. Get these powerful moments with God that light us on fire Sometimes don't start with something super spiritual. It starts with something super practical. And here's what it is. Right now, think about tomorrow morning. Think about your first commitment and what time that is, how long it takes you to get there. And here's what I want you to do. Literally take 15 seconds, and I want you to think, what time tomorrow could I wake up that would give me enough time to get alone with God before my first activity? Okay? So right now, hopefully that's clear enough, what's... What time could I wake up tomorrow to give me enough time to get alone with God? And, and if you don't do this regularly, just 15, 15 minutes, maybe 30 minutes. You know, don't start with, you know, two hours. What could get, get you a little bit of time alone with God before you start your day tomorrow? And then if you want to go to the next level, <laughs> go ahead and on your phone, set your alarm for that time right now.
Right. Maggie, you can go ahead and get the lights. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. Hopefully enough time to think about that. <coughs> but again, I already kind of explained this, and really this is between you and God. And just, again, that question, man, I want that fire burning in my heart, or do I know I need it? I've been a little bit dry. I've been a little bit weary. I've been a little bit dull, been a little bit, bo- you know, whatever it is. Or you've been fine, <laughs> and you are getting with God, but you just know you want more hunger. You want more fire. You want it to return again afresh. Or if it was once there, and you want it to come again, then we want to pray over you. We want to lay hands on you and just pray for just fresh hunger, fresh fire. So really the front is open. I'm not going to make this super smooth because really this is about you and your hunger with God. So if you want more, you can put your stuff down. You can come up here and worship and get on your knees. The band's going to play for a little bit. Then in about two or three minutes, some of our staff and some of our life group leaders are going to come and just put some hands on your shoulder and just pray for the Lord to deposit a fresh fire in you. All right? Go for it. You just tell me.